What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. This is the FCB Radio Network. Real talk worldwide. Online at fcbradio.com. and welcome. You're listening to The Todd Allen Show. I'm your host, Professor Econ Todd Allen, in studio with Ashley Herzog. Ashley, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm well. I see that you broke the internet once again. <laughs> Which time? Uh, with the, with, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, have our listeners go to your uh, your Facebook page, and then they can find out for themselves. Uh, okay. Darvio Kingpin Morrow, how you doing, Darvio? What's going on, good sir? I'm well. How you? Um, your uh, platforms. I mean, you, you. The FCB network is doing extremely well, sir. Congratulations. Yes, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, sir. And it's all because uh, of a Khalid. lot of good things going on. It's all that's because what of Khalid, Khalid. That's what Khalid would tell you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Ashley, you have a very, very important guest today. Why don't you go ahead and let's start that interview, Ashley? All right. Um. A couple of weeks ago, I was walking down the street in Bay Village, which is very close to where I live. I live in Avon Lake. Um, and I saw a guy walking. Couldn't really see his face, but I could see that he had like a sandwich board on each side of his body. The front said, I am not a threat. The back said, justice for Floyd, Black Lives Matter. I actually pulled over just to talk to this guy and find out who he was because I, I it's not something you see very often in Bay Village. Um, uh, regardless of how they vote, it's a very conservative town. It's mostly white. Um, a lot of times the, the people I know, they're kind of hesitant to get involved in these types of issues. Um, they shy away from controversy. So I wanted to talk to him and he told me about the Bay Village Anti-Racist Network. Um, it's a newly formed group. It was formed in response to the murder of George Floyd. Um, uh, it was started by a white woman who grew up in Bay Village, and I decided to look into the group, get in touch with them, and see if any of their leaders would come on and talk to us, because we want to know what inspired them to start an anti-racist group in a community like Bay Village. So joining us tonight is Matthew Deemer, and he is from the Bay Village Anti-Racist Action Network. And I just wanted to start by asking uh, what is your role in the group and how did you get involved? 
Uh, well, th first of all, thank you for having me. And um, uh, yeah, so the person that you met uh, walking down the road, his name is Terry Corson. And it, so I, to talk about, you know, how I got involved with the group and my role, I have to talk about Terry first. And Terry, you know, after George Floyd, he, he lives in Bay Village. He lived in Bay Village for 13 years. And uh, he, after George Floyd, he made his signs. They were out of cardboard first, and then they became a lot more, a lot more hard, you know, like nice signs, you know, whatever. But he goes out there every day to, to protest and with his Black Lives Matter sign on. Um, that inspired uh, the, the, the white woman that you were talking to that helped start the group was uh, my girlfriend's sister and my girlfriend, uh, Liz, Liz and Sarah Sweeney, uh, to start the uh, protest or, or the march uh, for George Floyd in Bay Village. And after that started, we, found, we saw that the amount of you know, need for, you know, more conversation within the, within Bay Village. So that's where the Facebook group came. And I started the Facebook group and started recruiting people. And we are moving over to try to make a more formal group. But it is a way to uh, organize and grab people from Bay Village to start having those difficult conversations about one, how Bay Village was formed, two, why Bay Village is the way it is, and three, how are we going to make a difference for our community, have diversity in our community, and for the United States of America, or at least just our small town. Right. My mother grew up in Bay Village. Um, she lived there since the time she was born, actually, on Huntmere and then on Lincoln Road. And I was talking to her tonight and telling her I was doing this interview, and she said, um, well, I don't think when I was a kid that, that people purposely kept uh, black people out of Bay Village. And then she backtracked and she said, actually, I don't know. They might have. I don't, she said, I, I, if they did, I never heard about it. Um, and I was thinking that's a big part of the problem with white people in the suburbs. They don't know the answer to those questions. They don't know about redlining um, and housing discrimination because they haven't had to think about it. Um, it hasn't affected them. Um, so I think a big problem is just a lack of knowledge and a lack of, um, of understanding of these issues among a lot of white people. I saw that you guys are doing some work with the school board and within the schools. And I was just wondering if you can tell us about that. Oh, thank you for the question. So what we did is a group and we started you know, with you know, just a couple of handful of us. And we are up to 550 people in Bay Village uh, in that group, which hopefully is representative of probably over 1,000 or 1,500 people of Bay Village residents. And we have divided the, the, this group in these, into action packs of you know, different sections of talking to the police, talking to the Board of Education, talking to City Council, which is one, thing, uh, one of my responsibilities, and also bringing in education. Uh, by the way, uh, the Huntsmere is right next to me. I live one street over. Um, but when we're talking about this and redlining and how Billy Village came to be, one of uh, our responsibilities, my, one of the things I, I led up on was to bring in a professor, Professor uh, Jason Reese of Ohio State, uh, to come in and talk about redlining, talk about the real estate clauses, uh, to understand how Bay Village became the way it was. I mean, Bay Village had sundown laws. Bay Village did have clauses that said, hey, you cannot resell your house to a black person. We did, we were a uh, rated A and B on the, on the, uh, on, on the rating system that uh, you know, gave loans out for you know, certain neighborhoods and, and made, made a class system out of certain neighborhoods. Um, so he came on and told us all about that. And so what we're trying to do is educate as many people as possible about Bay Villages and towns like Bay Village around Northeast Ohio and how they became to be. Well, real quick, just give for people who are listening to us outside of our area, just give a little sample of, of what 
the town of Bay Village is like um, so people can kind of understand exactly where you're talking about. Uh, no, no worries. And I think that a lot of people who live in North Ohio, these, these towns are not um, uh, just to Bay Village. I lived in uh, Chardon and Bainbridge and Auburn and Solon and Twinsburg, and they all are very similar in a couple ways. Uh, they're 90 to 95 percent white. Um, it's a very small, tight-knit community population of around 17,000 uh, people. Um, and like, uh, like Ashley said earlier, it's very um, uh, conservative uh, and, and, and they don't like to talk and take you know, leadership in, in these sort of conversations because honestly, they ruffle, ruffle feathers. Um, they, it, it, it's, a, it's a town that it has developed in, in a way, um, it has a, it's a town that developed in, in a way and we just need to find the, the reasons and the causes for it. Well, just just um, real quick, the uh, Bay Village is uh, is in terms of cost of living is fifteen percent higher than than the Ohio than average cost of living in Ohio. Uh, the real estate is sixty three percent higher than than the average in Ohio, and uh, rental prices are thirty one percent higher than the average in Ohio. So you're really talking about uh, a very uh, an exclusive type of uh, of, of neighborhood. Um, you know, the school system, of course, is very good. But when you look at the livability index, if you go to areavibes.com, the livability index is a score of 92 out of 100. So you're talking about a, a, a suburb, which is very, um, as you said, it's, 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 a, it's an upper end, high end scale neighborhood. Um, but, but from what I'm hearing from your, from your conversation, uh, Matthew, is that uh, a lot of do, do you think that a lot of the the prejudice that existed in the past in Bay Village still exists today and therefore you wanted to develop the organization around that I think that the prejudice is there today but in covert forms not overt forms and also they are weaved within the system I, I, if you remember, I can't remember uh, the, the the sound bite of of somebody, but it was somebody from like the RNC or something, and it was it was it was a, a, a it was a sound bite of them talking behind the closed doors about how how to how things the conversation is changing, and it started out with you know the N word where you just say the N word. Lee Atwater. Taxation. That was Lee Atwater. Thank you very. Thank you very much. So, yes. so that conversation is 100% still there, that everything is still active there, but the conversation has taken a more, more uh, covert form. And so, yeah, what we're trying to do is talk about that and, and get it out in the open in, in any way we can. I, as someone who grew up going to school in Bay, living right across the border, I literally live one street into Avon Lake from Bay Village. I agree with that completely. Um, nobody says the N-word. People recoil from it. People don't openly say, I you know, I don't like black people or I want to discriminate. It is all very subconscious, very subtle. Um, and that's why I'm so glad to see a group like this coming up in a suburb. And you're right, Bay is not unique. This is a problem across all kinds of communities that are 90 to 95% white. And it's good to see you guys um, taking action. That's why I decided to have you on tonight. Hey, Matthew. Well, thank you very much. Matthew, how can our listeners uh, get in touch with you and, and follow you uh, if they want to be and come involved in your uh, in your in your cause? 
Excellent. Well, you can find me on Facebook. It's Matthew Aaron. Uh, that's two A's, A-R-O-N. And if you want to just uh, look me up on Facebook, uh, send me a DM. I'll be happy to chat with you and talk to, talk to you about the group or uh, direct you in other ways that we can help around Northeast Ohio because these groups have formed in Rocky River, Westlake, and all kinds of smaller towns around Northeast Ohio. And we're trying to expand this. Matthew, thank you so much for being on. And we'd like to invite you on again in the future. Folks, uh, you're, listening to, folks you're listening to the Todd Allen Show. We'll be right back. The Todd Allen Show. 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 I'm Kira Davis host of the Just Listen to Yourself podcast, and that's the podcast where I ask you to take your talking points on your favorite hot button issues of the day and draw them out to their logical conclusion. And that's available right here on the FCB Radio Network. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Todd Allen Show. listening to the Todd Allen Show. Ashley, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Facebook as Ashley Herzog. On Twitter is Ashley Herzog 85. And also on Instagram is Ashley Herzog 85. Darvio, how can our listeners follow you? At D the Kingpin on all social media platforms. D-T-H-E-K-I-N-G-P-I-N. And folks, you can follow us here at the Todd Allen Show on all social media platforms. Okay, Ashley, um... Did you happen to see Joe Biden or hear what Joe Biden said today? Yes. Uh, this guy just can't help himself, can he? Um, so he basically said, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, something well, along the lines of. Um, the, yeah, let's, go, let's go ahead and play the clip. Biden is clarifying his Thursday comments when he seemed to suggest the black community lacks diversity of thought. What you all know, but most people don't know Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Okay. Um, go ahead, Ashley. I mean, I mean, I've tried to like give him the benefit of the doubt, but at this point, I'm going to just say this guy really looks down upon black people. That's, that's, there's no other way to explain it. Yeah, um... Here's the thing I don't understand, and Dario, maybe you can help me out. A lot of people say that they don't like Donald Trump because they claim that he's racist. Mm -hmm. But has he ever said anything like what Joe Biden has been saying past couple of days, or the, a couple of the few times that he's he's said things? 
Well, here's my thing. I'm not going to get into which one is, is worse or better because I think they're both extremely flawed individuals, which is one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to the train wreck that's going to be the debate. This fall, it's going to be must-see TV. <laughs> the ratings are going to be through the roof. Um, but, I mean, here, here is my thing. I, I, I was in disbelief when I heard what he said. And I, I just don't know. At this point, and I, I said this to uh, one of our colleagues, Kara Davis on Facebook. I said, you know what? People can vote for whoever they want to because people come, full, come up with their, their decisions on how they vote for a diverse number of reasons. But nobody can look me in the face and be honest and tell me that, this, that 2020 is not a train wreck. Like, you can't tell me that this election is not a train wreck. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You have two gaff machines. Yeah. And, and Biden, I, I just can't. What the hell was he thinking? Well, I can tell you what he was thinking. I mean, let me, let me go into the mind of Joe Biden. Hold on one second. I need, I need the... Okay, hold on. I mean, Ouch, ouch, no, no. Okay, okay, I'm in his mind. (laughs) Here's what he was thinking. I got the black vote. Why? Because they typically vote monolithically. However, the Hispanic vote is more diverse, right? Because the Hispanic vote doesn't all vote one way like black people do. Black people are going to vote Democratic, but they've been voting Democratic ever since Lyndon B. Johnson said he'd have black folks voting for the Democratic Party for the next 100 years. So he doesn't have to work to get the black vote. He can say whatever it is that he wants because in his mind, the black vote is not diverse, meaning that they're not going to separate from the Democratic Party, right, and vote Republican for whatever reason. So that, that's safe. That's in his back pocket. But the, the Latino vote is something that he has to, he has to appeal to because they, have, they don't vote in a monolithic block they're more diverse in terms of the, 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 uh, the policies that they support and the things in which they, uh, they go after. I believe that that's what he was, that's what he was thinking, but he was not as eloquent as yours truly so, is in explaining <laughs> that. So let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. So first of all, there's two mistakes. I, I think you're probably right in your assessment, Professor. Well, but- I, again, that was, okay, full disclosure and transparency. That was the mind of Joe Biden. So let me, let me come back. <laughs> and, and at this point, I'm exhausted. I don't, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can finish the show. <laughs> so I think I think you're right. But here, let me let me just break down the logical flaw in his thinking for for him and for anyone who doesn't know this about our community. Number one, there is another option, and that's for black folks to stay home. And we will do that (laughs) if we don't feel like we have an option. And that is even more dangerous to Biden than black folks voting for Trump. Because the reason why, the main reason why Hillary Clinton lost in 2016 is because there was a lot of black folks who stayed home. And and the the percentage of the black vote dropped precipitously in, in in many states. That in and of itself, and as you know, Professor, choosing not to vote is a vote. <laughs> right. So, 
You know what I mean? So, so for him, you're, you're right. And he probably thinks the way that he, I mean, he's demonstrated this clearly with the Charlemagne interview. And now with this, that he thinks he has black folks in the bag and he can say and do whatever he wants to. Um, but and he does, but he forgets the fact, no, he doesn't because black people can stay home in large numbers no, no, like well, he well, did in 2016. What I'm saying is that he says whatever he wants to. But yes, absolutely. And here's the issue. You know, you know, the, you know the guy who gets a little too comfortable, who comes in, you, you invite him to your house and he puts his feet on your couch or he goes <laughs> into your refrigerator without you inviting him to go into your refrigerator. You come home and he's drinking your orange juice out of the carton. That's Joe Biden. Like that's Joe Biden's relationship with black folks. Joe Biden has gotten a bit too comfortable He's, we let him in our, in our house, but he comes in and puts his feet on our couch. And the other thing that people, that, <laughs> the other thing that people miss about black folks is, and we, I mean, it would take a, a, a whole nother segment to break down why black people vote the way that they do. But the one thing we do not like, the vast majority of us do not like, we don't like anybody to say that we don't have an option if we choose to do something else, even if we don't. We don't want you to tell us that we don't have an option. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you telling black, black people, well, I got you in the bag. We don't like that. <laughs> Whether right. they decide to vote for you or not, we don't, we don't like you to tell us what we going to do. Let me, let me ask you this question, Ashley. If he had said those types of remarks, but he would be referencing the Jewish community, what do you think the, black, the backlash would have been? Oh, I think the backlash would have been um, swift and immediate, and it would have been organized. Uh, people would not say, I, I, I feel like Democrats have just gotten to the point where they feel like they can disrespect the hell out of black voters, and they will still get the vote. Like, they don't have to work for it anymore. Um, it's, it's, you know, owed to them. They really, I, because they have this white savior complex, as we've talked about on this show. Right. Um they don't have to work for it and all it almost seems to me like they they think that black voters like aren't listening to them like they aren't paying attention they're not hearing all these demeaning things that they're saying so they can get away with it and it's really i, I mean imagine if a republican talks like this i mean you just i mean it's it's unbelievable yeah um We'll see. We'll see how the media handles this, and we'll see what uh, the black community does with this information. Uh, folks, you're listening to The Todd Allen Show. The Todd Allen Show. Yo, 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 what's poppin', what's poppin'? It is your friendly neighborhood Simba, Aaron Malik, here to remind you guys to go stream my new single, Tempo, on all streaming platforms. Yes, all of them. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, all that. I greatly appreciate it. Love you guys. We rock, we roll, we rock to the tempo. The dance floor where we come alive. Let loose through your limbs, how you feel inside. Mama, take my hand, show me the best you can. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Todd Allen Show. Folks, you're listening to the Todd Allen Show. Darvio, you have an interesting story about an interesting city. Yeah, interesting to say the least. This is um, this is from the city of East Cleveland, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Um, it's a very downtrodden uh, suburb. Has a lot of issues. Um, they have <clears throat> issues with with crime and issues with tax base and. Just everything. It's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of vacant properties and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was very interesting to me. And I, I wanted to to bring this up to point out how these cases negatively impact cities, your cities, when they're not taken care of. So this comes from Cleveland.com and it says appeals court says East Cleveland police had quote unwritten custom of violence and upholds a $50 million verdict for a man beaten and locked in a storage room. So an appeals court on Thursday upheld the $50 million verdict a jury awarded to a man who was beaten by an East Cleveland police detective and locked in a storage room with no food or toilet for four days. A unanimous three-judge panel at the 8th District Court of Appeals held that the evidence presented in the case of Arnold Black, quote, demonstrated that the East Cleveland Police Department had an unwritten custom and practice of using violence and arrest to intimidate people. Judge Eileen T. Gallagher authored the 42-page opinion that was joined by Judges Eileen A. Gallagher and Michelle Sheehan. Brothers Robert and Mark DeCello, who filed the lawsuit on behalf of Black, along with attorney Justin Hawal, said the decision is crucial amid the current national conversation about police misconduct and the systems in place to hold officers accountable. Quote, we hope this verdict reminds other departments that there are people out there brave enough to fight for their rights, Bobby DeCello said. East Cleveland Law Director Willa Hemmons was not immediately available for comment Thursday. The opinion lays out an incredible story of a police department mired in abuse based on testimony from the two officers who arrested Black on April 28, 2014. Black, a Cleveland resident, was driving through East Cleveland after visiting his mother when patrolman Jonathan O'Leary pulled him over. Sergeant Randy Hicks, who was off duty, ordered O'Leary to stop Black's truck because it resembled one driven by a drug dealer Hicks was investigating, according to a summary of the evidence in the opinion. O'Leary placed Black in handcuffs and walked him to the back of his truck as Hicks got to the scene in his personal car flashed his police badge and started searching Black's truck for drugs. Hicks found no drugs and questioned Black about drug dealers in East Cleveland. Black said he didn't know about drugs and Hicks punched him in the face, the opinion says. Hicks repeatedly struck Black, who was still in handcuffs, until O'Leary stepped in and stopped Hicks. Both O'Leary and Black testified at trial that Hicks smelled of alcohol. Hicks then ordered O'Leary to take Black to the police station, the opinion says. 
The officers threw Black into a storage room with a few lockers and cleaning supplies, but no toilet or running water and was held there for four days. Black testified that an officer at some point brought him a, a carton of milk and allowed him to make a call from a cell phone and Black called his then fiance, the opinion says. Black also said that then chief Ralph Spots came to the storage room with an East Cleveland councilwoman who said she'd heard police had beaten a man and were holding him in, in a closet and she wanted to check on him, the opinion said. Black suffered headaches and blurred vision for several months after the incident and underwent surgery to remove blood from his brain, according to the opinion. This is insane. This is like, <laughs> I don't you know, even know. <laughs> Go ahead, Ashley. I, you know, I'm sitting here listening to this and you got to the part where it said they both testified that so-and-so smelled of alcohol. I yes, thought they were talking the cops, about the yeah. guy they arrested. No, they were talking about the cop. Yep. The cop smelled of alcohol. Like, what yeah. is going on there? This is just, and there's, there's, there's more. I, I'm just dumbfounded. And, and it's... Well, I mean... What, I mean, that's stuff that goes on in, like, communist China and Iran, where they lock someone yeah. in a cell for four days, no toilet, no food. I mean, East Cleveland is so downtrodden. I mean, those are like the only two police officers they have, aren't they? <laughs> you silly. But and, but and, and fifty and fifty million—that city. <laughs> but and see, that's see, Todd. That's the point I was getting ready to bring up. That's why I wanted to talk about this story in the first place because I want to talk to the taxpayers in any city who's listening to this show right now to understand why it's important that your police department isn't out there acting a fool. Because guess who's going to have to pay when they do? You, exactly. the taxpayer. That's your money. Tell Todd, tell, tell people again that the government doesn't produce anything. The government doesn't make anything. The only the money that the only money that the government gets comes from who, Todd? Taxpayers. There's no That's such every thing. Government. There's no <laughs> such thing as a government program. <laughs> They're taxpayer funded programs so guess who's paying this is this is why east cleveland appealed this because they don't have the money to pay this <laughs> and they lost the appeal they lost the appeal <laughs> is, is it's this is why i think sometimes people don't understand they don't connect the dots as to why it's important to them this is, is why it's important to you is is, is this why the city can't be annexed <laughs> <laughs> well the city's gonna have to be annexed well and what Todd is referring to is there was a local debate uh in the area about the city of cleveland annexing east cleveland because of how how much east cleveland is struggling to pay their bills but now i mean <laughs> struggling will be an understatement struggling to pay this bill they can't pay the bill this one <laughs> this one oh my goodness this is and what, uh and, and and, and this is, this is, check this out. So this is how, this is, let me tell you how it got to 50 million. Black sued the department in April, 2014. East Cleveland failed to hand over several critical pieces of evidence during the discovery process. So a common pleas court judge barred the city from preventing it, from presenting any evidence in its defense at trial in 2016. A jury awarded black $22 million. East Cleveland appealed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and the 8th District threw out the verdict and ordered the, the court to hold a second trial where the city was allowed to present evidence. 
The second trial ended in August with a new jury awarding Black $50 million. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what they should do with East Cleveland. It's obviously so corrupt. It's almost beyond help. I, maybe they should annex it and try to salvage. I, I don't know. Pro, I have been pro-annexation from for a very long time because it gets to a point where East Cleveland is in such a bad shape. How do you... They can't fix themselves because, again, what, what do we all know, Todd? You, any money the government gets comes from the taxpayers. The problem right. is they don't have enough – not only do they not have enough taxpaying citizens, but they don't have enough businesses in that city no. to pay enough taxes to fund themselves. Ashley, I'm not kidding. It was probably about five or six years ago their municipal cell phones were cut off. Yeah, they, didn't have enough money to, they didn't have enough money to pay their cell phone bill. So now this is going back to the whole reason why I brought this up, folks. When, 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 you're a police, when your local police departments are out here acting a fool, you're going to have to pay the bill because we have qualified immunity, right? So that means none of that money is coming from directly from the police officers. It's coming from the city. Right. Time. I don't know. Just very, oh, it's just outrageous. Uh, you know, and that, um, that shows that I think a lot of these police officers who are committing these very egregious acts of brutality do it in communities where they feel like the people won't complain or won't fight back. Where they can feel get like away they with can it. get away with it. No. And that needs to be put, put to a stop immediately. That just has, that story just has my blood boiling completely. Go ahead, Todd. We got about a minute left. The, the sad thing is, too, is that the history of East Cleveland, I mean, there, it was uh, million, Millionaire's Row. You had uh, the Rockefellers. That was the home of the Rockefellers. Home yep. of the Rockefellers. Um, at one point in time in the history of the United States, Cleveland and East Cleveland had more millionaires per capita than any yep. other place in the United States. Yeah. How, how far the mighty have fallen. Folks, you're listening to The Todd Allen Show. The Todd Allen Show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Todd Allen Show. Welcome back, folks. Uh, you're listening to the Todd Allen Show. We're going to come to a one of the segments that has be- is quickly becoming one of my favorite subjects or favorite uh, segments, and that is Herzog's Heat. In the heat of the moment. 
right. Um, this week, and I know this blew up on social media last week, and you know people were it was all fun and games, and people were having a real field day with it. Well, I want to talk about Dr. Stella Emanuel. Um, she is a doctor from Houston, Texas. Um, and she was part of a group of doctors that held a press conference about COVID-19 um, and hydroxychloroquine, which this doctor is a big proponent of. She's treated hundreds of coronavirus patients in Houston, um, where there's been a surge going on. And instead of addressing her arguments about coronavirus and about the treatment, social media went crazy over her beliefs. Um, this doctor was born in Africa. Um, she has lived in the U.S. for for decades, probably. Um, and she apparently has some spiritual beliefs that a lot of people in the West consider wacky, like believing in demons, um, believing that uh, certain, you know, having promiscuous sex is bad for your spiritual condition. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Anyway, people went wild over this, saying she's a nutcase, she's a lunatic, who could listen to her? Um, and I just found the whole thing to be, it just, it just smelled like racism to me. Um, if Republicans did this with uh, an African-born doctor who was on the other side, or seen as, see, this is, the, this is the problem too. COVID has been so politicized. It shouldn't even be a right versus left issue. But if a doctor had gotten up and said, no, um, Trump is absolutely wrong, uh, hydroxychloroquine does not work, and it came out that this person also had these same beliefs and Republicans attacked the, the doctor, um, we would like never hear the end of it. We would still be getting lectures about, you know, uh, cultural imperialism and imposing our Eurocentric views uh, on the rest of the world. And that's what I wanted to talk about for my segment tonight. Yeah, that, 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 I think you did a very good job of putting that in, uh, in the Facebook because, you know, we, we are, a lot of people think that we are, we are a, a melting pot. They would say the United States is a melting pot, but I think we're more of a salad bowl. And, and the reason I say it is because, you know, you have your onions on one, on one part of the bowl, you have your, uh, your lettuce, you have your tomatoes, you have all these different kinds of things. But a melting pot means that we all become homogenous. But one of the beauties of having a salad, being a salad bowl is that you have these different parts of the, of the salad, which make, which completely makes up the meal. I, I think that regardless of her religious ideologies or her personal beliefs in terms of spiritualism, the fact is that she, she passed the board exams and she's a doctor. She's a medical doctor. She can actually see patients. She subscribes uh, medications and she has saved countless lives according to her, according to her, uh, what, what she's done with her patients. I think she said 350 patients that she's actually given this right. protocol to. Um, I, I think that people, it's called a fallacy of argument that if you don't like what someone says, what you try to do is you try to attack their character. And, and both sides do it. Donald Trump calls Joe Biden Sleepy Joe. Uh, people would call Donald Trump a liar or they'll call him a racist. They'll do all these things to attack a person's character. But as you so eloquently said, they're not attacking the issue uh, of what she said. No, they're not of, addressing what she said at all. They're just saying, well, this person's obviously nuts because she believes in demons. Which, yeah. honestly, <laughs> if you're a practicing Christian, 
probably believe in the, the devil and Satan and that kind of thing. If you're practicing and not just a Christian in name only, it's yeah. really not that unusual or outlandish of a belief. Uh, most cultures have some kind of idea of evil, um, angels and demons. Um, we always have. It's, it's really, it sounds weird to us because it's a different culture. And it's not the narrative that we're used to. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just amazed that the people on the left are so like blind to their own ignorance. This kind of stuff, they're, they're so eager to call it out when anyone else does it. But they don't even see it in themselves. Right. Right. Darvio, your response? Yeah, you know, when Ashley made that post, I had responded and I told her, you know, I was starting to think the same way because it wasn't, and, and it's not necessarily whether I agree or disagree with what she said, but if it started to feel like people was going, to, people were going a little overboard in their criticism of her. You know what I mean? Where it, 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 it went, yeah, where it crossed that line where it's like, okay, now you're just dunking on her and calling her well, a witch doctor and all exactly, of that kind of they're stuff. really like getting into the witch doctor stereotype yeah. which is very dehumanizing ugly right stereotype. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bigoted it's very much so and and it's and it's kind of interesting that you know if it doesn't impact them directly they want to basically name call and this just it just brings to mind i don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, of a gentleman uh during the uh liberian civil war he called himself General Butt Naked. Have you ever heard of him? No. <laughs> no. Well, again, this this person, again, this talks about how people can be critical of a person's values and beliefs until he comes close to them. This guy believed that if he would go into battle without clothes on, okay, that he would be impossible for him to be killed. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, this was part of his religious beliefs. Uh, he... he you know, he was, uh, he believed in a lot of the different things, wacky things that we, well, we say wacky, but a lot of people just wouldn't believe in. But he actually went into battle without clothes on. But, but this guy, this one person is attributed to killing 20,000 people himself. Wow. Wow. So the point I'm trying to make is this. If you have COVID and if this is the doctor that you would have to see, you really wouldn't be worried about what her what her belief system is if she could perform the duty at hand, and that would be to help you to survive. Yeah, there's no evidence that her uh, ability to practice medicine is somehow uh, impaired or hindered by any of these beliefs. Exactly. Just as if you ran into General Butt Naked in a paddle, <laughs> and you want to laugh the fact that he doesn't have any clothes on, right? But if he was standing next to you and your health record could be ruined, you, you'd have a different approach to things. So, you know, we, we've got to stop being so judgmental of people and don't judge people by maybe what their, what their, you know, what their personal beliefs are, but look at what they can actually do from their professional perspective. Uh, folks, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Todd Allen Show. The Todd Allen Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Todd Allen Radio. Sit back and enjoy the show. Second hour of the Todd Allen Show. Thank you for listening. In studio with Ashley Herzog. Ashley, how are you? I'm good. Darby Kingpin Morrow. Yes, sir. And we're getting right into this new segment we call Rapid Fire. Okay. You know, you, you're seeing a lot of news articles that are coming out about a possible vaccine. Uh, I know that uh, when I'm watching uh, world news and other places, parts of the world, they're talking about that as having possibly being coming up in the, in the, in the fall or the fall or early, early winter. Um, if there were a vaccine, would you take it, uh, Ashley? Yes, I would take it. Darvio. Not right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let uh, everybody else take it first. Yeah. And if y'all, as long as y'all, y'all arms don't fall off, or y'all don't start growing 15 toes or something, <laughs> if everything is okay, then I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would treat it like the new Xbox. I'm going to wait till it goes through a couple of iterations before I take it. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to get it right away. The price is going to have to come down a little bit. Man, um, listen. <laughs> I would take it, but yeah. not. I ain't going to be in that first batch. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that uh, Donald Trump said that he doesn't think he thinks that this should be voluntary. Uh, a lot of people, others are saying that uh, if there is a vaccine, that it should be mandatory. But uh, our president is saying that he thinks it should be up to individuals. They should be, you know, whether or not they want to take the vaccine. Kind of interesting that if you look at the flu vaccine, um, 49, I mean, you, you know, 49% of people who took flu vaccine, a lot of them still, you know, succumb to the flu. So there, there's, it's not a hundred percent, certainly not a hundred percent. So um, moving along, uh, the new videos are out regarding George Floyd uh, and what his, what his state was, uh, his mental state, his physical state was prior to uh, the police officer, uh, uh, you know, kneeling on his neck. What do you did you see the video, Davio? What are your thoughts? Yes, I did. Um, it was very, very hard to watch. Um, it made me angry, it pissed me off all over again. Um, and to me, it just it reinforced how negative this whole thing was. They came guns drawn for a counterfeit $20 bill. I had a buddy of mine who is not only ex-military, but ex-military police specifically. And that was one of the things he said, that he was like, all, he said, I hope they all go to prison. 
because they immediately once you once you go into a situation with your gun out, there is no there there is no other way to go down. You know what I mean? Like you've already you've already taken it there. Yeah. And for for a counterfeit twenty dollar bill, man, that that was just and and when you have a guy who tells you he's afraid, you know what I mean? Tells you that he has a fear and he's begging, you know, don't kill me, don't kill me. And you have guns drawn for for counterfeit twenty, man. It's just it's it, it, it's it's just ridiculous to me. I'm, I'm looking for the comment that my buddy said. It, it, this is what he said. To this is so bad to just walk up on a dude and to pull your gun when you're not dealing with a felony stop is terrible. And I hope all of them go to prison. That's an ex-military police officer who said that. Ashley, what are your did you see it and what are your thoughts? I did not see it yet, but I agree with everything that's been said so far. George Floyd was I don't remember if it was ten or twenty dollars. He was basically murdered over twenty dollars mm-hmm. at, at a max. Um, and that is what people are so upset about. Um, you know, people keep trying to downplay it by saying, oh, he was a drug addict. He had a cr-. That doesn't matter. The police didn't know any of that when they showed up. All they saw was, uh, you know, a black guy who had been accused of using a counterfeit bill. Um, yeah. and to do what they, there's no excuse for it. There's no way to call it anything but murder, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, Ann Coulter's on Twitter saying it wasn't a murder and that's not how he died. And she, I, I think she's just, I don't know, voting misinformation because there's, I mean, there's no doubt that he was killed by having this cop kneel on his neck. And there was absolutely no reason to do it like that. He was already handcuffed. Yeah. Yes, he was. Well, when I saw the video, um, I, I think that the, the quote, the racial issue was probably, probably is going to be brought into question because, uh, yes, we saw that the, the body, cam, uh, body cam footage shows that the guns were drawn because they were asking for him to show his hands. Once he did show his hands and they saw that he did not have a weapon, the guns were put away. Um, I also saw that uh, the, you know, I don't, I don't think that they were manhandling as, 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 as much as, uh, he said that he was. They said that he was initially. I thought that you know some of the, some of the conversations that if you listen to it were were pretty interesting. The fact is that uh, the, I'm not I'm not saying that he should have been handled the way that he was. The fact is that with the knee on the neck uh, is not is definitely not a good look. And in, in the way the cavalier way in which they did it, um, this this man should not have been killed the way that he was. He shouldn't have been killed at all. But I think that the video kind of brings into question the whole racist or racial issue. Um, murder, I don't think that it was premeditated or, or malice of forethought. Um, manslaughter, probably. Uh, but we could talk more about this on the other side. Folks, you're listening to The Todd Allen Show. The Todd Allen Show. I'm Kira Davis, host of the Just Listen to Yourself podcast, and that's the podcast where I ask you to take your talking points on your favorite hot button issues of the day and draw them out to their logical conclusion. And that's available right here on the FCB Radio Network. 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Todd Allen Show. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to The Todd Allen Show. Ashley, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Facebook as myself, Ashley Herzog. On Twitter as Ashley Herzog85. And also on Instagram as Ashley Herzog85. Darvio. At Dita King. We've been on all social media platforms. D-T-H-E-K-I-N-G-P-I-N. And folks, you can listen to the Todd Allen Show on all social media formats. T-O-D-D-A-L-L-Y-N Show. Okay. I'm going to go right back to you, Darvio, because I know that... um, uh, you have some additional things you'd like to discuss with that, with the yes, I, video. Yes, I do, because I disagree with about 80% of the things that you just said. So, well, first, let me ask you this. Did, uh, we see, did we see the same video? Yes, we saw the same video. Okay. We saw the same video. Okay, very but, good. But I'm, just I make, I'm just making sure. I disagree with about 70 to 80% of, of okay. what you just said. Let's just go now, by point, point by point. What, which which so, one would you so, disagree with? Well, first of all, when you talked about them drawing their guns, they drove their guns until they saw that he didn't have a weapon, then they put their guns away. Like my, like my ex-military police friend said, they shouldn't have had their guns drawn in the first place for a stop that was not a felony stop. Well, he no, they shouldn't. So that, that well, first and well, foremost, let's, let's start there. Well, when they had their guns drawn in the first place. When, when they asked to see his hands, and he's not showing his hands, then they can pull weapons because they're asking they to see hands. They had the weapons drawn in the first place, though. Well, you're, you're seeing one of the body cam. You're not seeing, you're not seeing the body cam of the, of, the, of the gentleman who actually opened the door. You're seeing one of the backup police officers. So if he says, let me see your hands, and that's what they see, and they keep saying that, and now he has a weapon drawn. I mean, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is this. We don't see everything from beginning to end, so we have to infer what took place. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? We Todd, don't they know. Should not have had, Todd, they shouldn't have had again, their guns drawn again. on something that they knew was not a felony stop. Again, that, and that, come, that that's, comes that's, from an ex-cop who said that. That, so, comes from an, that comes from an ex-cop who's seen 10, 10 seconds of video. It's not going to hold up in court. He saw the same video we did. Exactly. That's number but, one. But, number but the two, point I'm but, trying to make is number, he's inferring. He's inferring no, what I the whole situation the point, was. I understand, which is the same thing the jury's going to have to do. Right? So that doesn't... So what point? So what point does that prove? That's the same thing the jury's going to have to do. The jury, it, the jury is going to get additional information in court that we're not going to get in the in the in the public opinion. So, but but, but that's with I any give, case. So that's with any case on anything. Okay. Next point. So the next point. So first of all, that. You, Hello. Uh, moving moving along. <laughs> uh, moving away from that first 
first point. Okay. The, 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 the second point is, depending on the state, you don't have to have malice aforethought in order to be charged with murder. We had this, okay. very, we had this very same discussion with uh, Ahmaud Arbery. Is Minnesota a malice aforethought state? That I don't know. But they are charged. That that cop was charged with murder. I think there was malice. Yeah. Once somebody tells you, well, and and that's a whole other point, Ashley. Clearly, he clearly demonstrated, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Yeah, I think there was absolutely malice going on. I think what he did was very, he was trying to put on a show for the, yeah, you know, because he didn't like people filming him on cell phones. Absolutely. He's trying to prove a big point. I, I think there was malice. Absolutely. And, and I think you can, a, a good lawyer can prove that in court. I mean, you, you see it. We all see it. The, the thing that, that irritates me about a lot of these cases is sometimes people want us to not believe our, quote, lying eyes, right? Like right. we're looking, we're looking at what they're doing. We're seeing it well, right here, right in our faces for everybody to see. There's a couple things. There's a couple things because the prosecutor had this had this video and this video was leaked. And the prosecutor prosecutor stated the reason why he did not release this tape initially is because he wanted to guarantee a conviction. So he knew that this that this could throw uh, doubt into the case with what they were charging them with that came out of the prosecutor's mouth. So what happens in many instances, I believe, and and I may be wrong, is that we have already had the narrative of what happened without this video. And so now when we see this video, in many instances, we subconsciously try to fit this video into our narrative that we already have to prove that we were right. Yeah, I think there's some of that going on. That's I all mean, I'm saying. I, yeah, on I both, think there is. On both sides. I'm not denying yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm not denying that. On both sides. I'm not denying that. I'm just simply saying that I'm not saying that we're seeing with our lying eyes. What I'm saying is that we're trying to match what we see. We're not looking at it objectively. We're looking at it to, to fit our narrative. Just like your friend may have said, well, they shouldn't have came up there with this. Well, wait, 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 wait. We don't know. Now, well, and this is a guy who knows policy, who knows those policies and procedures. Because so, he's a like, military police officer. So UCMNJ is different than what the than the policies of the state of Minnesota may be, or what may be a or what may be a police officer, local police. UCMJ is different. It's very different. You yeah, see actually, uniform, more, uni- actually, uniform code time, military- actually, actually, more time, more most of the time, they're more professional. But anyway, continue. Many, the uniform code of military justice is very is is very different, and it's it's a lot stricter. You're correct. Okay, so again, not knowing, I, I you know, I, I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just simply saying I don't know. Oh, I'm I, saying he wrong as hell. Like that. <laughs> that's of course. That's, 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 of like course. I, I don't have to like he wrong as hell. So <laughs> flat out. Flat out. So what is he being charged with again? He's being, is it first degree or second degree? I think it's second degree, wasn't it? Yeah. I believe okay, so. so. Yeah. So when you're charged with a lesser degree, first of all, when you're charged with a lesser degree of murder, the burden of proof isn't as high anyway, which is why it was smart in that regard for them to charge him with either second degree murder or whatever it is. And the thing about that is depending, again, depending on the state, in some some cases, second or third degree murder is the equivalent of a manslaughter charge anyway somewhere else. They just use the term murder. 
So just like when we were talking about in the Mod Aubrey case in Georgia, you can be charged with murder if you kill somebody on accident. You know what I mean? They don't, they're, the Georgia, the Georgia law does not differentiate between what was malice of forethought and what wasn't. Murder was murder. It just differentiates on the degrees based off of malice. Yeah, he was, he was, he was charged with uh, second degree murder. And the second. three other officers on the scene during the killing were charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder. So here's the thing. I'm not saying that, they, that he wasn't murdered. I'm not denying that at all. My question is the racist aspect of it, okay? Well, let's talk, that, let's, let's talk about that. That, 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 that. that comes into question because, again, you, well, let's, you, let's you, and I, you and I have had this conversation before. I have a problem with with labeling someone a racist anyway. Because to me, when I have the definition of racist, racist, it means that you believe that your color of your skin or the race that you identify with is superior than any other race. That's racism to me. I do believe that we all have prejudgments or prejudice, right? So we may not believe that our race is superior than everybody, but we can have prejudice against groups of people or, or things. We can have prejudgments. And so I'm more along the lines of prejudice as opposed to something well, we really, that's racist. We really, we have less than a minute left, so I really don't have enough time to 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 devour that as much as I would like to. But <laughs> um, for for me, man, when I if we're we're talking about do do do, do any of us in this well in this in the rooms that we're in, <laughs> any of us think do any of us think that 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 situation would have played out the exact same way if George Floyd was white? No. I don't. Well, if it know. was a, let's say it was like a, and I know white people have been brutalized by the police too, but no, I think if you had a like young white man who was caught shoplifting or, you know, something similar to what George Floyd did, uh, no, that would not have happened. Well, do are more, are more white men killed by police than black? That's because there's more white people in the yeah, country, Todd. Not but, by no, percentage of population. No. We, well, well, we, well, go we gotta go to break. Okay. We gotta go to break. We gotta go to break. All right, folks, you're listening to the Todd Allen Show. The Todd Allen Show. 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 Yo, 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 what's poppin', what's poppin'? It is your friendly neighborhood Simba, Aaron Malik, here to remind you guys to go stream my new single, Tempo, on all streaming platforms. Yes, all of them. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, all that. I greatly appreciate it. Love you guys. We rock, we roll, we ride to the tempo. The dance floor where we come alive. Let loose through your limbs, how you feel inside. Mama, take my hand, show me the best you can. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Todd Allen Show. Listen to the Todd Allen Show. Uh, I don't know how how I'm how I should feel about uh, opening up schools. What are your thoughts, Darby, about opening up schools? 
you think we should or shouldn't? Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I, it's tough. Well, I'll put it like this. I have a couple of caveats. Like, if you're not going, you can't simultaneously say, we're going to kick we're going to kick people off of unemployment and send them back to work. And, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we're not going to open the schools. Like, <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't do both because right. then what ends up happening is you have a bunch of people who don't have a way to be able to, to make sure their kids are taken care of with. Right. Because daycare, talking to uh, a lot of my friends, particularly uh, Jessica Lavish, the co-host of my show, I didn't realize how, how expensive daycare is. Very. Yeah. Like, daycare. Yeah. Daycare yeah. is very expensive. So, so if you're going to send people back to work, if you're going to make them go back to work while we're still in the middle of this, then I don't see how you can open up schools. But then on the flip side, though, not only are these, not only people talking about keeping schools closed, they're talking about not doing extracurricular activities, which I think is, is very, very unhelpful, particularly... Yeah for black kids, for inner city kids who need that outlet. You know what I mean? It, it, it just, not doing sports, I think is, is a bad idea. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think there's a, a couple of different issues with one well, way me, or the other. Let me ask the only mother on our show. Ashley, what are your thoughts about kids going back to school? Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I agree that you cannot expect school to work but have their kids at home. You can't expect them to be homeschooling all day and working all day. It's not gonna, won't happen. And they've said that virtual learning or this you know, remote learning has already been a total failure in low-income communities. Yep. Um, you have people that only have internet on their phone. Uh, you can't sit there all day long you know, trying to do homework on a phone. Um, they don't have, their libraries are closed. So they can't go there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we need to be mindful of that. What, yep. Like what if people are going back to work, what are we going to do with all these kids? Yeah. They aren't going to be in school at the same, and at the same time, um, I feel like the teachers unions are the ones pushing for them not to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at the teacher's best interest, not the children. Mm -hmm. um, but I can also see how it could be kind of a, exercise and futility to open the schools where if, if one person tests positive are they gonna have to shut down the school for two weeks anyway, if they're, if they're yeah. gonna do if they're gonna do that they might as well not bother because yeah. there's gonna be COVID cases and if they're gonna have to shut down and sanitize and, and you know uh, clean from head to toe every time someone gets COVID um, you know I, 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 it doesn't make sense from a practical standpoint. Yeah. yeah. The only other it's, thing I'm concerned about is I think having a teacher or a classmate or classmate's parent die from coronavirus within the school it could be very traumatic to kids. It's mm, that's a very good shield, point. Shield them from that when they're not in school. Yeah. But if they're, you know, go back in September and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, Mrs. Point. Smith dies and they have to explain to the class that she died from this disease that she picked up at school i think that is not good for children's psyches yeah absolutely absolutely i, I, agree. I, I agree that's and, a very and, good point and just real quick real quick Todd, i just wanted to, to to make a point quickly about one of the things that ashley was pointing out um what what she said earlier about the about the issues with 
being with remote learning, particularly with lower income, that's basically what they call the digital divide. So it's, it's reinforcing some of the issues that we already have, where you have people in low income communities who don't have access to the internet like everyone else does, or they only have access to it on your phone, which is not enough to do a whole school program, whole school lesson plans and homework and all that kind of stuff. So it just, I think, again, this is another thing that kind of reinforces some of these issues that people are talking about. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, I, and I wanted to bring that up as well. I mean, people at the margins uh, uh, of the uh, social determinants are the ones who are um, at, at the most risk. I mean, when you look at the, the last school year, which was pretty much a wash um, from March up until now, these students have lost, they're, they're, they're going to lose an entire year of academics. Basically, yeah, basically. Uh, and if you're already <laughs> from school systems which are failing, <laughs> it, it, it becomes a very slippery slope. Um, you actually see some communities, some suburban communities uh, in and around Cleveland now who the parents are protesting because they want the athletics to continue. Uh, because some of these students are saying, well, I need the athlete, I need this, this athletic year because I'm trying to get a scholarship uh, to go to school. Uh, you know, non-contact sports such as golf, which, I mean, golf is a great scholarship, by the way, <laughs> especially a caddy. Um, when, when you have these types of, uh, of sports, which uh, can go, those typically are sports where if you're looking at low-income communities, they don't, they don't have golf clubs or they don't have golf teams. Right. No, because as you know, golf as a sport is very expensive, particularly at, at a younger age. Yes, yeah, especially if you can't hit like me, you can't hit it straight. You're off in the woods somewhere. And those, <laughs> those, golf balls, those golf balls aren't cheap, you know. Right. Um, so th this is this is a very uh, it, it's it's a very interesting, interesting time because on one hand. This has changed lives dramatically and many people it, it may take years for them to come out of come out of this uh the, the what what this has done to their families what they've done what this has done to them financially but this can this can also be a time of renewal if you will that if people start to think about what's really important and and, and focus on family and focus on friendships and, and relationships and, uh, you know, as we, as we demonstrated here on the Todd Allen show, you know, you're, you're not, not always going to agree with your friends, but one thing that you can always do is that you can show your friends respect and show your friends love because you may not agree with the subject, but if you have a love for the, for your family and your friends, then that transforms everything. And, and I think that a lot of times we focus on, the negative in our society, we focus on things which we don't think that are right and we want to, we want those things corrected. But in this instance, we know students need to have education. But at the same time, how do you, how do you get, provide them with an education, but keep them physically safe as well? That is a balancing act that when no one has the answers, it, it becomes very difficult and it, it becomes very, very angering. Um, I, I, I don't I don't know um, if I have well my son is is in is in school uh, in Columbia from six thirty to two to to, to two to three thirty 
6, uh, 6.30 in the morning to 2.30, and it's all online. Um, I don't know. People here, if they were online that long, I mean, I don't think that they would, uh, that would bode well. I don't know. How would you do an online? Well, your class was online, Darvio, so you're a master of the online universe, aren't you? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um, my my degree um, from Liberty, uh, I received online. So I didn't have a problem with online courses at all, but it, but not only does it take a certain level of discipline to be able to do it, but you have to have the resources to be able to do it. Like you have Absolutely. to have, you got to have good internet. You know what I mean? You have to have like not just internet, but good internet. Internet that you can't have dial works. up. You can't have dial right. up. I don't think anybody <laughs> has dial up anymore. Time. <laughs> but I mean, you have you, to have a laptop or, or desktop. Yes. You can't just have a tablet or a phone. I think Correct. that's a big issue too. Correct. Absolutely. So, like, like I said, Ashley, all the stuff that you're talking about is is directly related to what people call the digital divide, which is something right. that you know we still think of the internet as a luxury item or as a something that you just choose to get but in many cases especially now in covid the internet has almost become a utility like you have to have it and if right. you're going to go and if you're going to go all virtual you definitely have you have to you have to have the internet yeah good point excellent folks we'll be right back you're listening to the todd allen show the todd allen show show The Todd Allen Show. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to The Todd Allen Show, one of our favorite segments, You Big Dummy. I'll spell it for you. D-U-M-M-Y, period. Stupid! The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. You big dummy. Okay, um, so you know sometimes, well, a lot of times, people do things and they get into uh, issues with the police and they they want to they wanna run away. They want to get away, right? Um, Ashley... Normally, like you hear people try to get away, but they try to run away from the police or they get into a car, get into a high speed chase, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Normally, you don't hear about someone trying to do gymnastics to get away from the police. <laughs> gymnastics? So, this is what I mean. From Fox 13 in Tampa Bay, good old Florida. A 40-year-old man who was allegedly blocking traffic in Orlando, Florida by doing gymnastics in the road was caught on video on Tuesday, on Tuesday, July 21st, attempting to evade arrest by cartwheeling away from the police. <laughs> <laughs> this video which is on this, on, go to fox13news.com and look it up. This video shared by Oliver Fansoir shows the man in the path of a truck at a Wawa in Orlando. At one point, the man lies down in the middle of the roadway. 
Orange County Sheriff's Department's officers attempt to detain the man who frees himself performs another cartwheel <laughs> and then is again detained by police. According to the sheriff's office, the gymnast Gianfranco Fernandez was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, that's kind of ridiculous, and resisting <laughs> arrest. Cartwheeling away and battery on an officer? <laughs> <laughs> that's... Uh, Kids, that's, I think that's called overcharging. Yeah, that's called yeah. piling, piling on. Yeah. <laughs> now, what he did was stupid. I mean, right. Gianfranco Fernandez, you are the big dummy of the week. But battery on a law enforcement. Come, come on. Yeah, that's right, over right. The yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that part until I just read it. Like battery on a police officer? Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, they really have a loose definition of battery. Yes. Have you ever seen some of the some of the charges in Florida? Like they have some of the most ridiculous charges I've ever seen, and I know this from doing a from doing all of the stupid Florida stories that I do. I'm just battery on a police. Ashley, what what is the what could be the logic? Where where did the battery come from? Did he like accidentally kick him when he did the cartwheel? <laughs> I don't know. Um, some guy, I think it was in West Virginia, actually was charged with assault on an officer for farting at a cop. So uh, they have a very very loose definition of battery. Apparently, it doesn't Good even have Lord. to involve physical touching. So <laughs> that's outrageous. That's outrageous. Uh, yeah, it's beyond outrageous. <laughs> I mean, is it ridiculous to do it? Yes, but I mean, should you be charged with assault? With assault, no. like, come on, man. So that so would never cops... happen with civilians. Like, if one, you know, one person did it to another and called the police over it with no cops involved, I mean, they wouldn't show up with that. You would not be able to go to the police and say, "This person farted on me." <laughs> <laughs> I want you to arrest you them with assault. Ridiculous. No, it's only for police. Well, no, that wouldn't, that, no, they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, farting on the police. It would be trying to gas a police officer. Yeah, it'd be something ridiculous like that. Something outrageous. I just, <laughs> right. I couldn't believe that. I, I, I hadn't, I didn't see that part of the story. You're, you're welcome. Until I read it live. You're welcome. And what do you, what do you, you're I, welcoming I, I, me for it. Well, I, I, I you didn't give me that story. I brought I brought that aspect up. I was like, <laughs> well, when I read it, when I read it, and I was, it, he was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer. I'm like, what? Right. Like, that just completely hijacked my story. Well, it, it, like, it, it, it depended on the fitness level of the police officer as he was chasing him as the guy cartwheeled away. <laughs> If, if, if he, if he, he, was cart, he was cartwheeling, how the how how the hell fast could he actually go? Like well, <laughs> this, you know, we we don't always know the fitness. I've I've seen some police officers, and I've seen how much um, girth comes over their utility belt. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so some I'm, of I'm them, not all of the, them. Some of them, not all of them. So, so I'm looking at the. I guess some. Yeah, somebody recorded this. So I'm looking at. The video, and of course, they got a 15-second commercial. All right, here we go. So, um, 
<laughs> he, he wasn't even doing a fast cartwheel. Like, it was just, it was like, Ashley, you ever been around, like, like your friend who had a little bit too much to drink and they started doing, like, little silly slow motion dances? Yes. That's basically what this dude was doing. This cartwheel. Ridiculous. This is the slowest car. Oh, and then he did this. He did a cartwheel and then did the sign of a cross. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he laid in the middle of the street. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is um, Florida. That is that is Florida. So he got away. He got away, and then he did the cartwheel. <laughs> you, you guys have to watch the video. Go to fox13news.com and watch this damn video. You have to see it. This is amazing. <laughs> Thank you for and that even after And even after watching the video, y'all, the, uh, that, that charge is still... I didn't see anything that justified that charge. Yeah. Incredible. Ashley, any last words for our audience? Uh, you know, just cooperate with the police. I mean, don't start doing cartwheels or dancing <laughs> or, you know, doing an interpretive dance or miming. I don't know. Just <laughs> don't do it. Darvio, last words. Probably not a good idea to lay in the middle of the street if you're trying to get away from the police. And uh, my last words, I want to thank our guest, uh, Matthew Aaron, uh, to be on our show today. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for listening to us and supporting us here at the Todd Allen Show. We'd ask that you continue to support us again and again, and we really appreciate it. And remember, folks, we are what we continually do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Until next time, you're listening to the Todd Allen Show. FCB Radio Network, first class broadcasting worldwide.